There is no doubt that poverty is both widespread and devastating, especially when we understand the level of poverty around the world compared to what we are blessed with here in Canada. As Christians, we cannot be indifferent toward those in need, because God's expectations for us in regard to taking care of the poor are seen throughout the Bible. Listen to God's words about the goodness of King Josiah in Jeremiah 22:16. He defended the cause of the poor and needy, and so all went well. Is that not what it means to know me, declares the Lord? Moses also instructed the Israelites to treat the poor and needy well. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. The heart of God is perfectly captured in Proverbs 14.31. Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy, he truly honors the Lord God. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cross Church once again. Glad to have you here with us. So Pastor Allen is away this week. He and his wife, Gloria, are taking a brief vacation. So I'm praying that they will have a really, really good break and come back refreshed. And you know what? Keep praying for Pastor Allen as he's away for God's strength and for the Holy Spirit to continue to inspire him as he will be continuing to work on our current sermon series that will be going on through the end of the year and like he said even into next year so i've really really enjoyed this series that he's been doing on the book of acts the holy spirit at work through the apostles and i'm sure each of you have been blessed by it as well uh, the acts and all the series that he's done for us this past year i really am thankful for pastor allen his deep desire is to see us grow in our faith and to be discipled so this morning, before I share with you, uh, let's just take a moment to pray and ask God to truly speak to us through his word once again this morning. So let's bow our heads. Lord God, I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your great, great love for us. And that we are reminded of it, of your great sacrifice and your resurrection each time that we gather here in a, on a Sunday morning. What a blessing to be able to do this. And today, this morning, my prayer is that your Holy Spirit would be at work again in our hearts and in our minds, speaking to us once again to grow, to be challenged, to step out in our faith, to see you working in us and through us. Help us to submit to you this morning, even right now before the message, to do exactly what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would give us the desire and he would give us the power to do exactly what pleases you, to do your will. May that be our heart's desire this morning, to please you with our lives, to be your ambassadors here on earth. We praise your name together this morning, again, for your goodness and for your faithfulness. We are so thank thankful for the privilege of hearing from your word. And we pray this all now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Great to have you here with us. And this morning, we are uh, taking a little bit of a break for, from the series, the current series in the book of Acts. And uh, so before we begin, as you can see, we are kicking off our Operation Christmas Child shoebox campaign today. 
Now, I'm going to take a few minutes this morning to make sure that we are all aware why exactly we participate in this program, in this project of Operation Christmas Child, and how being involved with it, we are really helping fulfill the Great Commission. So Operation Christmas Child is a hands-on project that brings joy and it brings hope of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to children in desperate situations around the world. The project works specifically with local church partners in various countries. The local church, I'm sure you would agree, truly is how God works to spread his light into communities across the globe. Now, these empty shoeboxes you see here are given all across Canada, all across the U.S., United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and even a few other countries. And people take these boxes home, one or five or ten or a bunch. They take them home, they fill them with toys, hygiene items, school supplies. And here in Canada, again, they all get collected back to the local church, like ours here in Winnipeg. And then they all are shipped to Calgary, to the big warehouse that they have there. And from there, they're all packed in these large 40-foot sea containers and shipped out across the world to countries that are affected by war, poverty, natural disasters, etc. And they arrive, when they arrive, there are teams of local volunteers there that in each country help organize these boxes now to be distributed to the needy children, again, through the local church. The church, you could say, is truly the one that gets the credit for these special gifts. Now, I've been on a number of trips handing out these boxes in various places. Uh, I used to work with Operation Christmas Child a number of years ago. And the children, they don't know what Operation Christmas Child is. Uh, many of them don't even have a, they don't have a clue where Canada is or what even what Canada is. Uh, the parents and the children see the local church as the one who has somehow organized this amazing distribution of all these gifts for the children. Each child also receives a little booklet in their own language, and this little booklet shares the simple message that Jesus loves them. He wants to cleanse them and wants to have a personal relationship with them. And after the boxes are all opened, which you saw in the video is an amazing sight to see, that's for sure, the children are now invited back to the local church for a once-a-week, 12-week Bible study for kids. They are taught more about the good news of Jesus Christ and how uh, to become a follower of Jesus. They learn that when they turn their lives over to him and make Jesus the Lord of their life, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of them and transform them to become like Christ. And these kids even become like little missionaries themselves in their villages as they go and share the good news with their family, with their friends, and they invite them back to church. And actually, in many communities, these distributions of boxes are done in areas where there actually is no local church. So a local church from a nearby town or village organizes to give out these boxes in a location, again, that has no church. And they come back week after week, and after the 12-week program is over, many of the kids want to continue meeting and coming to learn more about Jesus. So in a sense, a local church is started just with the children. It really is amazing to see. I saw this actually firsthand myself in Senegal, Africa. The children were the church, and slowly their parents started to come, community members started to come, and there you have it, a church is planted. And it's because of the children and these simple 
gifts that are meant to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what? I, I really love this program. I, again, I've seen it with my own eyes for many years. Kids coming to know Christ through it. It's absolutely thrilling. And also, uh, maybe some of you would remember a number of people from Cross Church were a part of a shoebox distribution uh, back in 2013. And they experienced firsthand as well in, uh, in Costa Rica. So I've invited one of those team members, it's my sister-in-law, Rhonda Pauls, to join us for a few minutes this morning. So let's welcome Rhonda. Thanks for coming, Rhonda. And uh, this is a little bit of a different context than you're usually up here for, so. I said in first service, it's so much easier with a band behind you and music playing, so forgive me, the talking part's a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> you'll do great, you'll do great. All right, when you think back on your trip to Costa Rica in 2013, uh, what comes to your mind actually being able to be there in person and hand out these boxes to the kids? There was nothing like it. Like, you, you can think about, you know, oh, it'll be really great, it'd be nice. It, nothing compared to that. Mm. Like, honestly, I came back from the first day of handing out shoeboxes and said to my friend, okay, I'm done, we can go home. And she was kind of, she was kind of surprised, a little confused. And I said, it can't get better than this. It really can't. Like, the joy and just the overwhelming just sense of God's presence there as they're opening these boxes and seeing these children so excited. But it did get better every time. It was just amazing. Mm -hmm. Hey, when we talked about doing this interview, you mentioned a miracle you experienced when you were handing out these boxes. So what, what exactly happened? Well, there was a couple little miracles we saw happening and definitely felt God's presence throughout the whole trip. But um, there was one in particular. Um, Samaritan's Purse had given us a bus to travel on. So we traveled for a couple hours. Sarah will remember. We traveled for a couple hours to get to this one spot. And they said, this is as far as we can go. And uh, it was kind of like a farmland with a little farmhouse. And the people that were coming to us had traveled and walked for up to three hours to get to us. And this farmhouse was owned by the pastor of the area. And more people showed up than we're supposed to. And miraculously, we had enough boxes for all the kids. And also, he hadn't been able to get food to serve them and to feed them. And it was kind of during that time they needed to eat something. They'd been there for so long. They'd walked for so long. And Samaritan's Purse took such good care of us, so they had food for our team there. And it was rice and veggies and chicken that was all mixed together. And it was amazing. We'd had it before. And they brought the food there so we would be able to eat. And of course, we said, hand it out. Just start passing it out. And food that was meant to serve 17 of us served upwards of 60 people. So we had, yeah, it was amazing. We had a little taste of the loaves and fishes kind of miracle going on. But it was just so incredible to see God working. And um, lots of times people stress over what should be put in a box. Uh, but you have kind of an interesting story how amazing God can orchestrate who gets what box, right? Oh, for sure. There was numerous times that we saw people getting, like there was one older boy that got a box full of school supplies and we were kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. He was jumping up and down. He wanted to do art and he was so in love with all these things. He got pencils and notebooks and he was thrilled. We had kids that were into music that got recorders and we got to teach them how to play recorder. But this one in particular, um, we had gone to this church and they had, all these little kids had decided to dress up for the white people coming from Canada. And um, there's all these little girls that were in their cute little dresses and everything as fancy as they could be. And there was this one little girl who had these ratty old clothes. And she just looked at the other little girls around her and you could just see the sadness on her face. And they had them all sitting down. The organizers had them all sit in their lines for their ages so we could pass out the boxes. 
And our team went to the back and prayed over the boxes before they got handed out. We did this every time. We just prayed that God would use them and that the right child would get the right box. And it's amazing how he did that because we handed out the boxes and the little girl who was in those ratty old clothes sitting at the front of the line, she opened up her box and on the very top of her box was a white sundress, a beautiful white sundress. And no one else had anything like that in their boxes. There was no other boxes that had anything like that, but that box went right to that little girl because mm. God knew that that's what she needed. Mm. And it was just the most beautiful thing and just touched all of our hearts. The guys that were there claimed there was dust in the room, which <laughs> was causing some emotions. Um, <laughs> but we all knew, and it just brought tears to all of our eyes to see God working like that. That's right. And God works through the boxes like that, but you also saw that Operation Christmas Child is all about evangelism and discipleship. So what did you experience as far as seeing the gospel being shared with the children? Well, it talks about in the video the books that the children get, and they're all in their own languages as well and everything. And But before they even open their boxes, like we were in a Spanish-speaking country, so they'd hold up the boxes and say, Gracias, Jesus. So they knew the boxes were not from us. They were saying, thank you, Jesus. They were from Jesus. We were just there to deliver them. And it was just so amazing to see that these kids get this lesson after they get to come back and hear more about Jesus and learn more about him and how much he loves them. And knowing that because of a lot of these children and because of these shoe boxes that they get, these children are going to go home to their families and they bring their families to church. So these children are leading their families to Christ because of these shoe boxes. Yeah. Amen. So uh, do these shoeboxes still have an impact on you, and are you still involved with packing them? Oh, yes. <laughs> we've been packing these boxes for years. Because of you working for OCC and Samaritan's Purse and everything, we've known about it for so long. But after going on the trip, I don't know how I could not pack boxes, right? right? And every time I'm packing them, I'm remembering all those memories from our time there and just passing out the shoes. We did shoes as well separately, but passing out the shoe boxes and just seeing the joy on the children's faces and knowing that this is going to be an eternal impact on them as well. Mm -hmm. But it's an impact on us too, right? And even now I have friends at work that are not Christians that pack shoe boxes for me to take to church because of the stories that they've heard and the things that they've heard. And they have no idea that they're pushing forward the gospel by doing this, right? And so every time you pack a shoe box, just take that moment to pray over that box too and know that there is an impact that happens because of it. And actually, one thing I forgot to mention earlier is we were encouraged to also put a photo in the box of you. And so sometimes if you put a photo or include your address, if there is someone sitting with that child, sometimes they'll take a picture and send it to you. doesn't always happen, but it's just amazing when that can happen and you can see this child opening your box. Yeah, that's right. Well, thanks so much, Rhonda. appreciate you sharing. Let's give a round of applause to Rhonda. Thank you. Now, if you know anything about Cross Church, you know that we are heavily involved in the country of Burundi. That's right. And I wanted to show you some pictures this morning of the Village of Hope in Morambia. This is from a few years ago now. Here is the kids receiving some shoe boxes there at the VOH in Morambia. And they were really excited to get them. And here's a photo of them starting to open their boxes and seeing what's inside of them. And... Uh, this fellow down here, this is the leader of the children's ministry for Cross Church Burundi, and his name is Benoit, and he loves this program too, and he actually is involved with Operation Christmas Child there in Burundi. And the reason why he loves it and I love it is the program is all about evangelism and discipleship, as I've said. And um, it's not just about a gift, 
but the greatest gift, Jesus Christ. So literally millions of children over the years have not only heard the gospel, but are now living it out. And I have a short video that I want to show you this morning. It explains a little bit more about the greatest journey, the discipleship program that happens after they get the box. So let's watch that video. This kids behind me are so excited because they've just received their boxing. Have you ever thought what comes after the box? At Samaritan's Purse, we've got an incredible program after Operation Christmas Child. It's called The Greatest Journey. The purpose of Samaritan's Purse is evangelism. We just don't want to just hand out a box. Children that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we want them to grow in their faith. We want to disciple them and raise up an army of young kids who can take their faith and share it with another child so that that person will put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about, evangelism, taking the gospel to another generation. You shall love the Lord your God. You know that you're passing on what you've learned to another person, not just keeping the knowledge for yourself. You feel love. You feel like, you know what, I'm at home. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do right now. We always work through the local church. And when it's all said and done and the training's finished, these kids are going to be part of the church, going out into their communities, sharing their faith in Jesus Christ. The Greatest Journey is a great opportunity to impact the life of a child, teaching children how to share their faith with their friends and family around the world, raising up an army of evangelists who can take the gospel to the next generation. So this is why I wanted to take some time this morning to talk about this program once again, that you understand that by participating, we are helping to share the gospel around the world, being part of the Great Commission. And again, it's amazing to see that even churches have been planted because of this program, because of the greatest journey teaching that happens after they get the boxes. And I talked to Benoit, again, the leader of the children's ministry there in Burundi for our partner churches, and he told me that he himself even knows of at least two churches that were started because of the shoeboxes there in Burundi. So uh, pick up a box or five or ten, whatever you want, after the gathering here this morning. All the info's at the display there in the atrium. Uh, make sure to stop by. And again, if it's... Uh, Make, to make it easier for you, if you're not able to pack a box or not sure what to put inside, make a donation of $40 and we will pack the box with some great gifts for these kids for you. And also the $40, of course, includes uh, an, um, a donation for the cost of the shipping. So you can imagine the shipping costs are very, very high to send them around the world, especially with cost going up so much this particular year. So grab a box or more, fill it up and bring it back again by November the 6th or make a donation, $40, uh, just write shoebox on your envelope or your e-transfer, and we will make sure that we get that box packed for you. And we're hoping to see 250, maybe 300 boxes packed from our church that we can send and bless these children. And remember, most importantly, every single box represents an opportunity to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with a child that needs to know about God's love. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, well, thanks again for hanging in there for uh, me to share about Operation Christmas Child. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about this program. It's, uh, it really is thrilling to see what God can do through it. Now, we are 
in a season of Thanksgiving. Uh, feels a little bit more like winter these days, doesn't it? But can you believe, even just last week, we celebrated Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, being thankful, expressing gratitude is an area that the Holy Spirit has to transform us in, help us to grow in. God needs to help change my heart and all of our hearts and minds and transform us in this area. And you know what? Seriously, after obedience to God, gratitude or being thankful is one of the greatest signs of love to our Lord. And tied very closely to the attitude of gratitude and thankfulness is the act of being generous. Now, our church is very well known for and really has a tremendous heart of generosity. Uh, As Christians, being generous is a sign of living a life of faith in God, faith in the one who is has given us everything so generously. You know, there's an interesting study from the University of California that I read on generosity, and it listed the definition as giving good things to others freely and abundantly. So generosity involves finances, but it also includes, as we've heard many times here, that includes our time, our talent, and our treasure. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote two letters recorded in the Bible to the Corinthians, and he addresses generosity in the second letter in chapter 9. Now, this letter was written in about 56 AD to quite a mixed group of new believers there in Corinth that were very poor, that were subject to persecution. And let's read from verses 6 through 15 in chapter 9. Paul starts off with a little farming analogy. Verse 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much you will give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and then he provides the bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and all believers will prove you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. And he ends by saying, thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Now, as new Christians, this group of believers were very, very eager to help and give, even in the midst of their persecution. Paul encourages them to give to be generous, and on top of that, he has a new challenge for them. Not only were they to help another church, but to help Christians 
in Jerusalem. These were Jews that had accepted Christ as the Messiah. And Paul now zeroes in on and challenges these followers of Christ to grow in their faith through giving. Paul makes a great analogy, again, using the farmer, as farming was a very large commodity in that area, so they all understood. And as we read in verse 6 one more time, let's see it here. Remember this, as a farmer who plants only a few seeds, they will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Now, the great commentary writer Matthew Henry, he writes about this particular verse so well, and this is what he says. To someone who is not a Christian, or to someone whose heart has not been transformed, giving money away will seem like it's basically being thrown away or just tossed away. But when it's given by someone who is becoming more like Christ, we recognize that our giving, our generosity, is just like these seeds being sown, and we can expect a great increase from it. Then he gives a warning. He writes this, While some scatter these seeds freely and generously, and they will see an increase, others are withholding more than they should. And it leads to a poverty mindset. And he goes on to say, If we have more faith and love, we should waste less on ourselves, and we should be sowing more. And I love this next little bit. I pray that God will speak to your heart as you hear this. He writes this, How can a man lose by doing something that God is pleased with? Let me say that again. How can you or I lose by doing something that God is pleased with? We need to be generous like we are planting seeds and expecting a great harvest. Pastor Allen often uses the phrase, God is no man's debtor. He won't owe a generous person a cent. And listen to Proverbs 19, 17. If you help the poor, listen to this, you are actually lending to the Lord. And he is the one is going to repay you. Is God faithful to repay us? Amen. If we loan to the Lord, are we going to expect him to repay us? Absolutely. Or here's that same verse written in the Living Bible. It words it this way, when you, oh, am I on the right one? Let me see here, one second. There we are. When you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and guess what? He pays wonderful interest on your loan. Praise God for that. Amen. We can't lose when we give, when we are generous. Even when we give sacrificially, God will not let us go without when we are generous. He will meet our needs. He promises it. He will repay us and even more. Now, back to chapter 9, Paul writes in verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And again, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all that you need. And then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And again, I want to keep showing these verses. I pray God will, will sink this into our hearts and minds this morning. God will provide and increase your resources and will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, 
you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. So when we are generous, God is going to look after us. Amen? Amen. Every single time, he's going to provide for your needs and even provide so you can give more away. Now, of course, we're not talking about this morning about something that's referred to as the prosperity gospel. This has nothing to do with desiring personal gain or getting more for ourselves. That God is going to make us rich when we give to God. That is completely false teaching. We understand that this morning. And sadly, this becomes such a focus for a lot of Christians. And not just here in North America or in the West, but sadly, this vein of teaching is very popular around the world and in a lot of countries in Africa. We see that in Burundi. The heart of God is that he is a giver. And that is the transformative work the Holy Spirit does in us. When we repent of our sin and we desire to submit to Jesus Christ and we make him our Lord and our Master, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. The God of Israel moves from dwelling in the midst of his people. We remember last week, Pastor Alan showed the image of the pillar of fire that was above the temple or above the tabernacle. Remember that? And the Israelites, his people, were camped all around this. And now, on the day of Pentecost, the fire of God appears not just in the midst of his people, but above and actually inside every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ. We have God's spirit living inside of us when we become a child of God, a Christ follower. And the Holy Spirit now works in us and produces his character in us. And we studied this all summer long. Everybody remember that? It's called the fruit of Positive thinking, remember? No, 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 that's not it, right? No, that's not it, no. It's the fruit of our hard work, right? Our hard work. No, no, that's not it either. This is an inner work, right? A pre-planned work, a work that is credited to God. We are God's workmanship, his masterpiece, and uh, we are being shaped and molded by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now works in us and produces his character in us called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, back in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, once again it says, God will provide and increase your resources and will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. When we are faithful and we obey God, he will trust us with more. Again, not for ourselves, but so we can bless others even more. You know, what a privilege, what an amazing privilege to be God's ambassadors, to partner with him in this great work of helping those in need, in sharing the gospel message, in seeing people come to know Jesus Christ. And hey, listen, it gets even better. Paul writes, when we take our gifts to those who need them, Listen to what happens. They will thank God. Verse 12. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. First, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. And as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. And he goes on to say in verse 14, and they will even pray for you. They will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace that God 
has given to you. You know, what God has given each of us is a gift. What we have is a gift, our time, our talents, our treasure. We have to choose what to do with it. Being generous is a blessing, and not just for us, but for those who receive it. You have to really think of your life as an investment. So many people, including Christians, make the mistake of investing heavily in temporary things, making other things in their life the priority, investing their life in their career or their home or their education. Now, of course, we need to work. Uh, We need education. It's a great thing. We have to do upkeep on the places that we live. Of course we do. But I'm talking about what is your priority? Where is your heart and mind at when it comes to serving and giving to God and his work? I'm going to brag about Poston this morning a little bit. I think many of us know who Poston is. Poston is such a great example to me. He's been serving faithfully at our church Uh, for for many years and when he was in full-time university I remember he made a promise to God he told me he promised God that making serving him and giving to God was a priority in his life even while he was in full-time school and I would say he made a very wise investment an investment that is eternal I remember he would be in the back there in uh, before kids club would start or before youth started and he would be studying he'd be doing his homework uh, just using that time wisely and still being here to serve, serving God and giving back to him, even if it meant some sacrifice. Great example for all of us. Poston invested wisely in eternal things. He didn't quit volunteering, or should I say serving, in these ministries. He set his priorities and figured out how to do the other things around it. And you know what? Poston is going to see immeasurable results of his wise investment when he gets to heaven and sees the lives that were impacted because he was faithful to God, faithful to giving to God, faithful in serving God, making it a priority. And those souls that were saved will thank him for his sacrifice. And for those who sponsor a child in Burundi, and hey, I have to take a moment also to brag about our church. Our church and friends or relatives of people who attend Cross Church, get this, I asked Janet, she told me that out of the 509 children sponsored in Burundi, over 90%, that's over 450 of those 509 children, are sponsored through our church connections, or through our church or connections to our church. That really, really is amazing to think about that. And on top of that, there have been quite a few people that have actually traveled to Burundi over the years, I think over these last 12 years that we've been connected there. And one of the biggest blessings of traveling to Burundi, uh, this is what I've experienced. There are a lot of blessings, let me tell you. If you haven't gone, you need to go. But one of the biggest blessings is to actually meet your sponsor child in person. It is so thrilling to see them in person, give them a hug and see their smiles and their joy. Even though they can't speak English, or many of them can't, you know they are so thankful for your sponsorship, for your love. And you certainly feel their love back. A few years ago, around this time of the year, we had a Village of Hope banquet here at the church. And one of the leaders of VOH, Nancy Bersaglio, was here. And she brought a few children uh, from some of the VOH centers in Africa. And these kids could speak English very well. And each one was given some time to share their personal stories, share from their hearts. And guess what they each talked about quite a bit. Each one shared how much their sponsors meant to them. 
It was so, so incredible to hear the joy not only these boys felt to, to see their sponsors in person, but to hear their stories of how God had been working through their lives. It really was a tearjerker, I tell you, to sit there and listen to these young men thank their sponsors literally over and over for making such a difference in their lives. This is the power of generosity. And as I look at some of these shoeboxes sitting here, can you picture what it will be like for the children receiving them? They're going to be absolutely thrilled. I've been there, I've seen it. Rhonda, she's been there with her team in 2013. It's so exciting to see. But even more than, again, than getting a gift, there are literally going to be millions of children who will respond to the Holy Spirit, to God's love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, who make Jesus their Savior and their Lord and see their lives transformed. They are going to be so thankful for those who gave, for those who prayed for them. You know, they may not know your name or where you live, but they will be praising God for you and praying for you too. Can I encourage you once more this morning, don't plant seeds God has given you sparingly. Invest them wisely. Plant them generously and watch what God will do in your life and the lives of others. He will repay you in more ways than you can ever, ever imagine. And as Paul writes, as we think about that, thank God for this gift, which is too wonderful for words. Amen? Let's pray. Close your eyes with me this morning. Dear Lord, as we reflect this morning again on the gifts that you have so generously given to us, may our hearts once again be challenged to put our faith into action, to consider all that you've given to us and be determined to give back to you and bless others through our time, our talents, and our treasure. May we invest our lives wisely, making serving you and giving to you and blessing others the priority, the highest priority. Above and beyond these boxes, my desire, God, is that everyone leave here this morning with a determination to not just praise you with their voice, but with everything they have to start putting into practice the example Jesus left us, which was he gave everything. Help us to be willing to sacrifice what we have because of your love, what you gave to us. And may we be willing to do these things with a heart of gratitude, a heart filled with appreciation and thankfulness to the almighty God who loves and cares about each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, to get our eyes focused on you so we can experience your joy, your peace, your encouragement, your strength, and your confidence, knowing that we cannot outgive you and you have promised to meet every single need that we have. And with our eyes focused on you, Lord, we can see what you see and then we are not burdened with our own problems or our own fears so often our fear is that we won't have enough if we give away. We won't be able to take care of our own needs if we give away. But God, it's all yours. You've given us everything. Help our hearts to be open, to be filled with your love overflowing in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we move from this worry and this fear to confidence and joy as we give sacrificially. Help us to take our thankfulness, our gratitude, our generosity to another level. Help us to put our faith into action. We thank you, God, for your many, many blessings. And now, God, I pray that you will go with us today. May we all live out our faith 
in every situation that you've placed us in. Help us to invest our lives wisely and use us to be a blessing to others. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you today. Give generously.